Shane Twist and welcome to Behind the Beef, a podcast that gives you a look behind the scenes and into the everyday activities of the people behind the beef. In today's episode of Behind the Beef, we were joined by Jono Spence, Director of Livestock Agency Spence Dixon Co, located in the Keith region of South Australia. Jonathan, better known as Jono, is a well-regarded cattleman in the beef business. Jono has a background working in many facets of both stud and commercial sectors of the beef industry. Coordinating the cattle side of the Spence Dixon Co business, Jono is also a recognised and experienced auctioneer. In his time away from the business, he enjoys showing steers with his family, where they have been awarded champion success at the Royal Shows. Jono has joined me to talk market movements. We may only be a couple of months into 2023, but it has already shown a continued promise in the market, with sale prices, averages and clearances for the most part still very solid. Coming from the year that was 2022 in all its highs, we were interested in the opinion of someone with boots on the ground regarding what he has observed of the market in his region, as well as around the country. What trends have been noted, the final markets for seed stock and commercial animals being sold out of South Australia, and the all-important crystal ball predictions. A very big thanks to Jono for joining us for this podcast episode, so let's jump into our market chat now. So thanks very much for joining us for the podcast today. For our listeners, what's your story? Who are you and what is your role in the ag industry? Uh, well, my name's Jonathan Spence. I suppose uh, since a, a young age, many people have called me Jono. Yeah, I'm a livestock agent and partner in Spence Dixon Co. I'm s- situated in the uh, southeast of South Australia. Our, our company has um, agents right throughout, um, right throughout SA. Uh, but our home base is Keith in the Upper South East, uh, and that's um, uh, where I live. Yeah, I suppose I've uh, been um, a livestock agent for 20 years now, and um, prior to that I um, worked through the livestock industry, normal normal progression, I suppose, through uh, Jackaroo, uh, stint at Ag College, a uh, bit of a stint overseas in North America in the, in the cattle business, and... Um, work through natural progression and and I've been uh, you know very fortunate to be in this wonderful industry as a as an agent uh, and and probably more fortunate to be a partner in our own business for the for the last 14 years. Yeah, exactly. It's making your way up through the ranks as you went along. It's sort of a pretty good idea for some people who are just starting out where you could eventually end up. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so just jumping straight in today, Jono, we're just going to talk about the market movements, I guess, that you've seen for the beginning of 2023 and I guess what you think might happen if you had a crystal ball, I guess you could say, for the rest of 2023. So just to start off, there have been some great results for seed stock and commercial Angus cattle around the country so far this year. And South Australia has recently seen wiener sales and a run of autumn bull sales in the region. So what trends have you seen amongst the wiener sales for Angus and Angus influence commercial animals? Look, Shane, I suppose firstly, you know, we've had huge success the last couple of years in um, in our wiener sales right across the board. 
no matter no matter what the breed. And th- and this year we probably saw a little bit more of a a traditional trend. And as we worked through the the summer um, markets eased, which that hasn't been the case over the last um over the last few years. And and we probably saw we probably saw our markets come back by you know potentially up to thirty percent on on the previous year. As far as Angus cattle goes, you know tremendous demand. And I, I guess as the breeders progressed, they suit more and more markets. So looked at the heifer, the heifer side of it, very, very strong for people replenishing breeder stocks. It would say seem across the board they are the preferred breed for, for people to use as replacement breeders. Uh, so heifer weaners look were pretty were pretty strong and, and some of the dearest sales would have been on individual pens of, of heifer weaners. I guess the steer the steer weaners the the breed's so dominant and there's so many of them, but they do they do suit such a range of markets. So we do see anyone for backgrounders for the uh, for the long fed markets, domestic feeders, but but also now uh, a lot of these uh, bullock fatteners that are growing out heavier cattle, they prefer that uh, that black hide and that and that carcass quality of the Angus. So a lot of those guys were. You know, replacing their um, their bullocks with uh, with Angus Weiner steers. Sorry to interrupt. Was that in terms of people making that change to black hided animals? Is that something that you've seen progressing over a quite an extended period of time, or is that something in the last couple of years that you've really seen that shift? Oh no! If I look at regions uh, like the region that that we live in, and you go back uh, twenty five or or thirty years, there was a lot of uh, a lot of red and white cattle, a lot of a lot of shorthorn cattle, you know, a lot of British European cross cow bases too, and um, certainly there there is a, a a really high population of Angus herds now through through our our region, and I think that's for a number of regions, which which no doubt we'll perhaps talk talk about through your um through our chat chain. Yeah. On the other side of things, what trends have you observed during the Angus seed stock sales in 2023? Have you sort of seen a similar tracking, I guess, to the way the market moves in the commercial sector? Yeah, look, we have in places, but it's been it's been a bit of a strange one, really. Uh, we've had one or two producers have, have sales almost identical to last year in the sales that we conduct. We've had uh, one or two back, possibly that sort of you know, 20, 20%, uh, 30%, you know, back on, uh, back, back maybe in line with the cattle market. We've actually had one in particular that was a little bit better, maybe, maybe 10%, 15% better than, uh, than last year. Look, clearances were still very solid. I think it's been one, one great thing that producers have, have done. They've, they really have, um, when their pockets have been filled with these, uh, higher cattle prices in general. They they have put it back into their breeding stock and back into their genetics, which has been uh, been great to see. And I, and I think uh, you know it's seen plenty of producers go and attend these sales and say, no, that's the one I want, and uh, I'm I'm going to buy him. Yeah, when you were looking towards the year, I guess on January first, or thinking off of the back of 2022, comparatively, did you think this would be the results that you would see? Did you think that the market would come back? I guess when you've reached such an extreme, there's got to be some come down I guess but did you anticipate the shift in results yeah look I, I think that's about what we had sort of said and, and and sort of thought with in line with the with the cattle market moving and and like I said some of the those bull sales in, in particular were better I just have to say in in relation to our commercial female sales they, they actually held up 
you know, considerably well considering the cattle market. They really defied that uh, that trend for a lot of people buying pregnant uh, Angus feed uh, females. We we uh, we conduct a, an Angus feature female sale in December at Narracourt, and that is all um, preg tested uh, females about um, some. 1200 and and that market for the most part really really defied that trend but yeah look i guess the cattle market for this year is is in a real regroup and uh we've look we've had the the facts are we've had the dearest cattle in the world in australia for the last couple of years and um you know our competitors have been able to produce it and sell it cheaper on the on the world market and our and our customers have got a lot of full full chillers and warehousing space overseas uh, a, a lot of it you know, a great effect of that has been from the drought in the US uh, and a lot of cattle uh, processed. And, you know, so we've just seen this this check, which has really come through the meat market and, and you know, our processors and feedlots have got a lot of deer cattle on yeah. feed. And so it really was the correction that had to that had to happen. And so, yeah, so so look for 2023, I guess the, the, the market will be in a little bit of a uh, recap and we might see listening to a lot of the, the processes and uh, forecasters and things that we, we speak to, you know, we might see a little bit more of a traditional pattern where uh, over these these brown months in the in the southern regions over the over summer and autumn where we see a cheaper trend and as as supply tightens up and um, hopefully a good break of the season comes well, uh, the market uh, market sort of trends dearer through that winter and early spring and then perhaps, um, you know, perhaps more traditional patterns through later in the spring and the summer. Mm. Yeah. So is there a dominant end market for commercial Angus and Angus influence cattle selling in South Australia and what kind of operations are you seeing them going into? That's the thing. That's, a, that's the strength of the breed at the moment and is is really we're seeing them going to all markets. Like they are, they are suiting, you know, they're suiting those those guys want to produce um, wieners. I think the, the breed has really concentrated hard on that that early early growth they're not just just a carving ease you know uh, alternative now they're, they're really concentrated hard on that hard on that early growth so they suit that wiener market but they suit those backgrounders to feeders and I, and I guess that's one of those traditional markets for the angus breed that that uh, you know 200 250 day grain fed market but they, they with the numbers about they're uh, they're able to supply our domestic feeders, so feeding for that shorter fed product for our uh, domestic supermarkets, where, where it might be more a seventy-day to ninety-day sort of a, a product. And like I said, the the grass fatteners and the and the bullocks, there's been there's certainly been an appetite from the processors to to process these these Angus cattle, and I, and I guess a lot of that is due due to their consistency in their in their carcass merit. You know, cattle that are, are able to fatten easily off grass, but also with some degree of marbling and carcass quality, which has really suited their MSA program. So, you know, all of the processes I think really look look pretty pretty favourably on the on the on the cattle. On the other side of the coin, for the seed stock sales, what kind of operations are you seeing those bulls heading into? Yeah, I guess in our area, most of our most of the clients are, are weaner breeders or or breeder backgrounders. So yeah. they're going into self-replacing herds for the most part, and then they, those people would be backgrounding those cattle on some to grass fat and perhaps for a supermarket. Most, I guess, are off to a feedlot, and and I, and I guess that's. That's probably the good thing uh, about the breed that there is there is a good each way bet there that if you're not quite going to finish your animal well, you know nearly every feedlot in in Australia will pay you well for that uh, well weaned and healthy Angus steer. So uh, most most in our region are breeder backgrounders and and 
that sort of thing. Look, and I guess we have seen while while herds have been rebuilding and that, and that sort of thing that the the, the breed obviously very popular for for carving ease and and we've seen a great premium for the last two or three years for those those carving ease low birth weight uh, heifer bulls as as we may call them to go out and join join heifers so considering angus cattle are regarded as a temperate breed are you aware of any or if any levels of utilization of angus genetics coming from south australia into the northernmost areas of australia there's no doubt that there is certainly um, they're certainly far more popular or considered than they were going back in generations where where other British breeds coming from South Australia going into the north may have been more popular and 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 no doubt you know parts of parts of, of western Queensland parts of northern South Australia and parts of um, the uh, the territory where we wouldn't have thought we'd see Angus cattle that um, they're now venturing into those areas. Yeah. Yeah. I think the next question that I was going to ask is from your agent's perspective, what are the key drivers of commercial success for Angus and Angus influence cattle? Essentially why Angus? But I think you probably covered it off in your last couple of answers just off of sort of what those people are looking for or why they're buying Angus. I think it's probably, you know, it's just that it's just that market suitability, Sean. Yeah. I, I think, and and the reasons behind that, you know, have been a feed conversion, carcass quality, health, and I, I put a lot of that down to to be to be quite honest. I, I put a lot of that down down to that this is a breed that was one of the earliest in this country to begin performance recording, and you know there's plenty of other breeds that poo-hooed it for um and, and some for a little while and then they got on that track but some for a long time and yeah. I, I think by that by the time that some of those other breeds got on board i think i think the accuracy of some of that data being collected by the angus breeders and uh, had um they'd done a marvelous job and they were a fair a fair way ahead but there's yeah i just think that uh that market suitability, as far as agents go, uh, hey, we love selling all cattle, but uh, it's nice when they're easy to sell. Yeah. <laughs> Considering your clients' experiences selling Angus and Angus Influence cattle, are there negative connotations for those utilising or looking to utilise Angus genetics in certain areas of Australia? Do you get any pushback or any considerations for people when they're investigating using Angus genetics? Yeah, sure. I think you're um, plenty of breeds love to fly their flag and 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 barrack for their breed. I guess like a like a football team. But you've got to be honest about all of these breeds. And the Angus breed is fantastic, but uh, none none of them are a ten out of ten. Yeah. Um, you know, I guess some of the some of the the wearies say in our country where we are uh, on the limestone coast and in this upper southeast, we deal with a lot of sandy loam and sandy sandier sort of ground. And while I've commended just uh, the breed and the breeders for their performance recording and and uh, and all of that, uh, and that's probably one of those great things that put the breed ahead. At the same time, working uh, too far on that or, or on single trait selection, we, we've got to be aware of that um, that phenotype and the structure on the on the cattle. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a breed that is consistently challenged with their feet and their structure and on, on, on a lot of people's country and a lot of parts of Australia, that doesn't really matter. But on our lighter country, uh, we really need to be sure that we're selecting those cattle with that good depth of heel and that good hoof shape. Otherwise, we really don't get that longevity uh, and stability out of our, out, certainly out of our bulls and, and into our uh, cow herds and 
replacement females just on that on that softer country. And I'd say, so, look, one of the things that they're probably challenged by going into some of those northern regions and something that, you know, some breeds have had to work on really hard whilst other breeds have possibly been able to take it for granted a bit, but is, is temperament. We've really got to be aware of temperament and and uh, it's been very easy if you're a, a breeder of black bulls to put put uh, a very high majority of them all in the sale pen for the last few years because they've been very easy to uh, to sell. But you know it's a it's a real it's a real driver that uh, that trade of temperament on uh, on economy on on fertility on on a lot of those things and uh, and and certainly carcass quality. So it's something just that uh, people are certainly always mindful of. I think when when selecting and more so for that. Uh, that uh, bigger bigger pastoral operations. Yeah, no, that's for sure. We did a survey a couple of years ago where we surveyed not just Angus producers but producers all around Australia and temperament was right up there in terms of what people are looking for in their bulls and in their cattle in particular. So that's definitely something that we are aware of. So there have been, a, obviously, like we've said, a number of higher averages and clearance rates in the past couple of years. Achieved for Angus seed, well, all cow, but Angus seed stock producers in both bull and female sales with many sourced for commercial operations. What do you think these prices indicate regarding commercial investment into genetic gain? Yeah, look, I, I just don't know how well I can answer that question, Shane. To be honest with you, but I think that uh, you know, uh, there's certainly been a, the perfect storm for a lot of seed stock producers in that in Australia, and particularly in the in the Angus breed. But but um, we've we've had this hit of COVID, as as well as some of our dearest prices of cattle. And uh, now during this COVID time, of course. Building materials and supplies and things, and particularly steel, uh, labour forces, all, all of that have been pretty difficult. What does a farmer naturally want to do when uh, he's earning a big quid is is uh, minimise his tax and reinvest some money into the farm, and uh, you know reduce debt and uh, and and you know build more improvements. Well, he hasn't been able to do all of those. He's been able to reduce debt, sure, but he hasn't been able to do everything else that easily and so the logical thing is to be to reinvest in their in their cow herds and and in their genetics and uh so it has been the perfect storm for um stud stock producers and they've been well rewarded and and you know that that's probably that's probably gone hand in hand a little and i guess the old the old um the old calculator that people used to use well it's uh, you know the value of my old bull and and five wieners well that that all of a sudden takes the guy that used to have you know Six thousand dollars for a bull has has now, you know, has now got twelve or fourteen thousand dollars every every day, and the and the guy that you know the guy that had ten has fifteen and and so on and um, so forth. And look, as for as for some of the sales in the east that we see, well, this guy seems to be the uh, be the limit. I'm not sure they must have different sort of calculators uh, on some of those. Um, places and and no doubt um, excellent cattle too for sure so that wraps up our main questions is there anything that you wanted to add in terms of from your perspective about the market movements i don't have any upcoming bull sales uh to plug but i did i did hear one of australia's more respected forecasted certainly one of the more widely heard forecasters has said uh, we're in this hiatus for a little bit but when we come out of it be that in 24 or 25 
that um, the Eastern Young Cattle indicator could uh, could be higher than we've previously seen it um, into that thirteen dollar range and uh, and some compared to the uh, I think we're in the high six hundred cents uh, right now as as we speak. So it'll be an interesting uh, space to uh, watch, and I guess the guys who have invested well in their in their Angus genetics and their cow herds will be will be paid paid well and, and well rewarded. One can hope. <laughs> Um, exactly and uh just to wrap up we ask all of our guests this but how do you have your steak oh uh yeah medium rare rare uh preferably with a a touch of barbecue smoke in it uh, Shane. yeah right (laughs) i will say medium rare is probably our most popular answer so far from everyone we polled but uh that's a new one with the new flavor (laughs) (laughs) no no worries at all Alrighty then. Well, thank you very much for joining us and giving us a bit of insight into the market in your region. So thanks very much, Jono. Thanks, Shane. Very good. And that brings us to the end of today's episode. Thanks again for everyone for tuning in for another one. We encourage everyone to keep an eye out for updates regarding the upcoming Beyond the Beef Angus Australia National Conference taking place the 18th to the 19th of May 2023 in Tamworth, New South Wales. The 2023 program for the National Conference will cover a wide range of topics designed to bring the hashtag Angus family back together and encourage producers and industry professionals to delve beyond the beef to ensure that they are future-proofing their production systems and remain at the forefront of the beef industry. The topics covered will look at the outlook for Australia in the world protein space, biosecurity, the supply chain of the future, how Angus work in varied environments, management opportunities for the future and much more. Tickets for the Beyond the Beef National Conference will be available via the Angus Australia website. And in an opportunity for our Angus Youth members, the Angus Foundation is awarding three scholarships to give Angus Australia members the opportunity to participate in the National Conference. Each scholarship recipient will be provided $1,500 to assist in covering costs associated with attending the event. Members aged between 18 and 30 with a commitment to the Australian beef industry and the Angus breed are encouraged to apply. Applications close for the conference scholarships March 31st, so if you're interested, make sure you jump on the Angus Australia website for further information or to apply. And that's all we have time for. As always, make sure you follow and subscribe to Behind the Beef and leave a five-star rating or review. And follow and like Angus Australia and Angus Youth Australia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn. Thanks again and we'll catch you on the next one.